What's up, guys? Welcome to the Sup World Show. And today, your favorite day is Fitness Friday. This is a new segment. Just favorite topic. Oh my gosh, I am a fitness fanatic. Unfortunately, we don't have a video tied to this particular podcast, but Jeff is absolutely jacked. Yeah. He's just, I mean, the body, right now, the body we flexing. all strive for. Olympic gonna, body, just you're gonna, you're gonna rip your shirt. Veins and muscles what, everywhere. What did I eat today? I just had a salad at WBC. Jeff, you've been in the fitness industry longer than any of us. Correct. 9-11-2001. For some of you that might ring a bell, that was my first day walking in. 9 a.m. is when I walked into the health club for the very first time. Everyone's watching the big screen. I'm like, what the heck's going on? I'm here to work. People are watching the plane crash into the building. And yeah, so, that, so anyhow, I've been 24, whatever that year. I don't even know what that is. Do 22 you, years. Two. Do you feel like being in the fitness industry kind of like ruins your passion or kind of lowers your passion and motivation a little bit for fitness? I think it definitely can. I mean, there's been times where when this is what you do all the time, you're like, God, dude. Well, the worst is when I was working at a gym. When, oh, yeah. when Jeff and I worked at a health club, I actually went to a different health club to work out. I mean, yeah. they worked you so many hours. You're at the health club for 10 to 12 hours in a day anyways. The last thing you wanted to do is stay for another hour, come in an hour early. Yeah, the top, the longest running managers um, that that worked with me, they didn't work out much. <laughs> I think yeah. I was as consistent as any of them, but I'd still go two, three months sometimes, and then I'd go eight months on and three, four months off. Because the gym and fitness in itself is a great tool, and it's a great kind of escape when it is an escape. But right. when you're in it, when you're in the industry, it's not an escape. No. You're just no. You want to escape the hell out of there. Right. Yeah, especially, yeah, I mean, with you guys working out at a gym, last thing you want to do is like, okay, I've been here for 11 hours. Let me go spend another two hours. No, you're looking at this equipment all day. I've always I've always been active, though. So if I wasn't working out, lifting weights, I play basketball. I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to be active. So, But you've just never, you've never specifically been much into the weightlifting, bodybuilding. Right, I've never written notes. I've never had a notebook next to me and <laughs> tracked progress. I've never been really good at training with a personal trainer because... I'm like, wait, 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 this is going to make me throw up? Not not a chance. I see these people puking. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Sorry. I'm not a being pushed type of person. What are your guys' thoughts on pen and paper in the gym? <laughs> I know what yours are. It's, well, we it, might have some listeners step, that do it. We are going to step on some toes because oh, it's, it's it. very common. But I'm just curious if these people have, like, the notes app on their phone. I mean, I don't really have that much of a problem with it because I'm a – 30-year-old trapped in a 65-year-old's body, and I prefer to do everything by pen and paper. And Pen I, and paper definitely has its place. I get that. Like, in my office, I have a now, yeah, I don't pen do and that paper in the calendar. Gym, but. And I also use my phone calendar, but I guess it's just always it's always just confused me in the gym. It seems so inconvenient having the yeah. pen and paper. <laughs> but I also yeah. think, too, I mean, and again, I have no idea because I've never been a, a note-taker. Um, but I mean, maybe because people are on their phone listening to music or, or whatever. They just don't want to mess with the Insight phone. Insight thing. Those are C personalities. I just marvel at the detail. Some people do. That's, yeah, that's not, my thought. I'm not even mad. I'm just like, wow, I mean, even takes a lot of discipline. Even in the early days of really, really getting after it, I mean, back when we were 20, 21, and that was our whole focus of life was being in the gym, getting jacked, being shredded, taking everything under the sun, and – I just, I still, even then, I wasn't. I would go in there and I would beat the shit out of my body, but I wasn't recording anything. And 
not to knock anybody that does, I think that it's a great tool that a lot of people use. So you can kind of see where your mile markers are and continue to push yourself forward. But for me, I'm like, I, I most of the time, like, if I really, I remember what, okay, this is what I did last week. I'm going to up it a little bit or whatever. But some people need, I mean, they, they need that structure. I mean, that's like going back to what you talked about, that C personality right. type. What's, uh, what's the best shape you were ever in? What year? Vegas, I think. I can throw some oh, pictures duh. up. Yeah, what an Vegas, idiot. 2019. Uh, the images are all over our stores because I did a I did a few photo shoots. You know, three, four, that, three years ago in that three month time period where I was the most shredded I've ever been. Which I'm I'm coming back for it. Okay, don't yeah. write it off. Yeah, don't we've got proof off. from that one photographer that wouldn't leave you alone at the Magnum pool party. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. thought so you were a goddess. There was a, we go to the Mr. Olympia expo in Vegas. We used to go almost every single year. And one of our big vendors, uh, Magnum nutraceuticals had this huge wild Vegas pool party that they did every year. And we were so excited to go to this one is our second time going. And I was like, you know what? I mean, I, I've never been a show guy people, you know, in, when I've been in great shape, you always get the question, are you doing a, do you do shows? Are you doing a, yeah. I've never, you know, we're gonna and, do and one a, when I met you. Huh? That was on your goal list, I remember. It was for for like a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had to give Rodney a goal. <laughs> You're right. So I, I thought that was as good of time as any to to kind of set a mile marker and yeah, let's get as shredded as possible for this Vegas pool party. And I did and did some photo shoots along with it. And I still look back at those pictures and get depressed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think <laughs> I think that's the up and down factor of just when you get after it like that for a super crazy period of time. It's just there's a little bit like you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment because you're like, okay, can I really sustain this forever? Right. And I still I still remember. I mean, I'm miles away now from what I was, but even like right afterwards, because, you know, you, you especially if you're trying to get in the in the peak, like the show shape, you know, yeah, just like super lean, super lean so deplete your water weight yeah. and just get like just super shredded. You, you like Jordan said, do set yourself up for failure because I'm miles away now from from where I was. But even like right afterwards, when that the Vegas trip was over, come back, you know, kind of ease up on the diet a little bit, gain like a pound or maybe put a little bit of extra water weight on. You, you feel like a fat ass. Oh dude, I would get so it's like, it's depressing. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. It was like some of the lowest points in my life is when I would come off of a stack or something like that, or a cycle, whatever I was running, be after like super hardcore for four to six months and then let myself, you know, have a little bit of leniency, maybe go on a Cabo trip or something like that. And then you come back and you're just like disgusted with yourself. And it's cool to do every once in a while, but I think the a good baseline is just something that you can hold and be consistent with and getting yourself to a place where you can walk around and be consistent with and you're not going to have to starve yourself every day to maintain this body or maintain this shape. Well, before we get off this, the thing that stands out to me the most when you got in the shape was you told me you had a cheat day every Sunday and you said it was insanely Oh. It was a huge cheat day. Yeah. Like, like talk about the crap you would eat, and you were still yeah, I mean, so lean. I would have six to 7,000 calorie Sundays. Of the crappiest food ever, right? Sugar, fats, everything. <laughs> it worked. I guess it worked. I mean, my diet was so, so clean Monday through Saturday. Uh, I think it kind of shocked my system one day a week on Sunday, and it worked for me. I, I don't know if that works for everybody, but, yeah, it worked for me, and it was a great escape. Looking forward to that day one day a week. Yeah, and I think that's a, you know, like you said, you don't know if it works for everybody. There's multiple ways to get to the same end result. Like mm-hmm. there's not like, okay, this is the only way that you can do this. There's, there's so many different thoughts, you know, trains of thought on how to get to that point. But I think that in those 
you know, those younger years, your main focus is going back to like, you don't, you're not thinking about like, okay, can I sustain this long term? Whatever. It's just, you're going, you're going, you're going. Like, I'm going to be getting bigger. I'm going to get more lean, whatever else. Versus now it, in our 30s, that's not, I'm like, I want to get to the point where like, I feel good. You know, I'm not hurting shit. And, you know, my back's not going out anymore from doing deadlifts all the time and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're looking more towards that longevity standpoint versus in my early twenties, like I didn't care about anything. I would put whatever and anything into my body I possibly could. If it was going to make me look better, I didn't give a shit at all. <laughs> I was like, I've taken pretty much everything you can possibly. So what is your, what's your peak? What, what year? Um, when we, when me and Mallory got married, which when she listens to this, she will be the first person to comment on it, that she was so pissed at me when we got married because I told her. We got married in September and 2017, 2016, 17. 17. Thanks, Jeff. Um, but I, after we got engaged in that year before we were getting married, I really kind of like, I was partying a lot and I might fitness and, you know, focus on working out really went on the back burner. And I was still, I think at that point in time, I was living in Oklahoma city, like Monday through Thursday. And I'd come back on the weekends and I distinctly remember like in February, I was back in Wichita, hanging out with Mallory. I was getting ready to get in the shower. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, God damn, yeah. you've really gotten <laughs> I've had those wake-up calls. Exactly, and it's mirror. like I needed it, and I was like, okay, well, and like right then and there, I was like, okay, I'm done drinking. i got to get back on my diet and whatever else. And uh, I think from I was like 221 at that point, it probably like 16 17% body fat. We didn't have in-body machines back then, so I wasn't able to really track it like I, like I am now. Um, but from February to when we got married, I ended up stepping on the scale for the first time on our honeymoon. Uh, I think we were in Denver somewhere and there was an in-body machine in one of these gyms that I was using and I was 256 at 9% body fat. And I was like, wow. And I felt absolutely terrible. Like we were up in the altitude. I couldn't breathe every single night. And I was trying to sleep. My arms would be freaking going numb and whatnot. And that was, I mean, when you're talking about like peak of like size and I mean, that was definitely my peak. I've been a lot leaner than that at multiple points in time, but uh, you know, a lot less overall weight, but it took a lot of drugs <laughs> to get to that point for sure. We Jeff, here at South world do not recommend. We don't condone any type of cycle use. Obviously I've never been on that. Yeah. Other than SARMs. So Jeff, what was your peak What was your physical? biggest cycle? Oh, gosh. So I, I have three in mind. When you met me, I think right right before we started Supplement World, I was like, you know, I should probably try to look the part a little bit more than I have been. So I was I remember doing like the no carb or, or like pretty really low carb. And Dustin's like, what are you doing? You're like 150 pounds, man. You should eat carbs. But I do remember getting in, in pretty good shape. I'd say I was probably at 11, 12% body fat at that point. And then... Fast forward to when we had our daughter, Blake, uh, we had just come out with some MK677. The MedFit line? Yeah, Yeah. and I went from 153 to 167 in like a month. And I had a picture of me with my shirt off. I got my shirt off a lot at home of holding my daughter, and I don't even look like myself. And it it was good. It was just like I remember going to the gym, some of the big trainers, you know, my shirts were just completely filled out for once, and like it is right now. And I remember trainers being like, dude, we can tell you put it. And I was lifting like crazy, eating like crazy. 
And that actually sustained for quite a while. I didn't lose a whole lot of that size. I lost, you know, four or five of that pounds, but I kept at least 10 pounds extra on for a long, long time. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward during COVID, I actually did get COVID in like late July. I had heard Jordan talk about becoming a, doing vegan just to try it. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't have any taste. And I mean, I had zero I taste. I forgot you went vegan. Zero taste. And no one believed I could do it. My wife doesn't. Nobody. No, everyone knew my discipline wasn't the highest. And I straight up. Now, I cheated a little bit with cheese, but I had no meat for so more about. Be- more vegetarian. Yeah, vegan, yeah. 50 to 60 days at least without anything. And I'm talking, we went on vacations. We had trips. We were doing different things. We were doing team dinners and I was sticking to it really well. And I did, that was probably the leanest and and best. I did feel really good. I remember playing basketball being like, Oh, I'm not tired, but that's the one thing I do remember about like being vegetarian is like, I, I definitely was losing size. I felt good all the time. Like I didn't have digestive issues or whatever. See, I I know Dustin was like, come on, I'm never going to not eat protein from a animal you know yeah. which and I, I i agree with that now in the time you know you kind of get sucked into watching these videos and you're like oh this is all terrible and well, it, whatever I, you watch your your brain's going to go towards that i think thought. it's good for people to try different stuff i mean if you're intrigued by a certain diet or whatever especially if you're having issues with, right. you know and i'm not versed enough in vegan vegetarian some of that stuff to really speak on it and be super knowledgeable on it. I, I just know for me looking at a vegan no protein or you know no meat diet has just never never felt appealing no i mean right. it's I a lot of soy a lot of soy and a lot like, of sodium a lot of sodium. you're taking a lot that of sodium that was the biggest thing that i noticed was like god dude my freaking sodium you know what i did though when i was vegan I, you know <laughs> they say if you take something away something else crave something else you know i felt like i was drinking more i was craving more alcohol than i ever had so i don't know if it's because i was lacking something so you make up for it and remember this isn't good i I shouldn't be drinking more if i'm vegan. i think probably like maybe you can drink being vegan yeah Uh, yeah that that tells you how much i know (laughs) i mean it's not animal Most alcohol comes from like corn vegan is just no animal so that's no dairy no yeah, you know, nothing so no that cheese, comes from no an meat. Animal. Then you have like pescatarian, which I think you can still eat, like fish. Not Presbyterian. Pes- pescatarian. That's a joke. Oh. <laughs> so speaking of diets, a little thing we've talked about here outside the podcast is we want to we want to set Jordan up as a, a test oh, rat. Yeah. Oh yeah, this test is dummy. good. Yeah, a test dummy for different diets. So. If you guys have any feedback or any ideas on what any diet crazy diets you want, we'll, we'll, we'll probably have them go on it for one week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, but we want feedback. We want to hear from you guys. What diet? And it could be crazy. It could be anything. I've it honestly could be something unheard of. And and uh, yeah, and the you last, can make it up yourself. Yeah, I mean I, I mean whatever. I'll do whatever. I mean I've pretty much tried everything over the years. Over the last, let's go with healthier than not healthy though. I mean yeah, whatever, but. Healthy. What, what, is, what health? is healthy? What is, is, health? is all perception. That's all opinion. So what somebody claims is healthy and the other person claims that it's trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. So, I mean, I've done keto. I've done carnivore. I've done the vegan thing. I've pretty much tried everything at some point. I've done carb cycling. I mean, I'm kind of open to whatever. Well, our podcast is getting tons of questions and comments. So, I, you know, just go ahead and throw a question out there or a, or a diet you'd like Jordan to, yeah. to try out oh, yeah. for a week. I'm down. Sure. I'll try whatever. Give, give people actual, real, honest feedback on it. If you see some... Instagram influencer that's talking about some diet that they're doing. It's just the secret to all their problems or whatever. I'll, I'll do it and I'll give you a real answer. We'll let you know. Yeah. And and we will discuss it on fitness Friday. We will. 
What else? Okay, so we do have a lot of young new staff. We, yeah. We're, we're adding stores, which means we've added staff. And it is fun to see, like, you know, the other day we, we took all the staff out to Chicken and Pickle and we ordered food. And it's like half of them are, hey, no, we're not going to eat that oh, crap. Yeah. And I'm like, come we on. We were that way, though. Uh, yeah. I know it's yeah. frustrating because I'm like, I've been there before. You guys are going to look back one day and laugh. But I can't say that because I'm going to respect their diet right now. Definitely respect if they don't drink alcohol right now, for sure. But it's kind of like, come on. We're, we're buying a meal. You just eat. You can have a, a salad or the ranch. But I, I also do remember at that point and kind of, you know, uh, just thinking back when, you know, when we were that age and that was your main focus and that was what you thrived on was being super lean or being in really good shape or whatever else. I always get bummed out when I would go out to eat with people and I would just get like chicken and vegetables. People were like, that all you're going to eat? There's definitely something to be said about being disciplined and sticking to what you're doing. But I think as you get older, you start to realize it's just, it's, it's not fun to be that strict all the time yeah like you gotta let your you gotta let loose every oh. once in a while if you're going strong for five six days a week have some shitty meals oh, it yeah. is it one you know like they say like one bad day or one bad meal is not gonna make you fat and one healthy meal one healthy day isn't gonna make you skinny yeah. or healthy i mean i think the 80 20 rule is a pretty good thing for people to follow i mean like you said i mean if you have five or six days out of the week where you're active you're paying attention to your water intake you're making sure that you're hitting your macros and then sunday rolls around and you want to go get French toast and then wash it down with some pizza at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, what drives me nuts is we've seen it and we've had some workforce before that they they will not break their diet and they bring their meals and they're super, super structured and perfect with their diet and they will not do anything else, but yet they're miserable, they're unhealthy because of other stuff they're doing and they're not sleeping right and they're angry. And I'm like, that that's not healthy. That, well, I don't yeah, get it. That's, that's not healthy. Yeah, that, that's what brings up a good point. Like there's a big common misconception of people that, you know, compete and show like the diet and the things that you have to do in your, to your body to get to like peak readiness of competing in the show. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Like it's not a healthy thing to complete, deplete, completely deplete your body. And again, there's probably people who are going to listen to this and be like, this guy's a total idiot, but whatever, this is my opinion. And this is my <laughs> oh, podcast. You've done a so show though. Right. No, you've yeah, done exactly. that before. My yeah. wife did a show before, right. As I met her. And I mean, to go and lose a bunch of weight and, and get in that peak week and then, all of a sudden, within a few months, you're pregnant, and then in a few, you know nine months later, you have a baby, and then it, it does a toll, especially to women. And and some of these oh, diets sure. I've seen, I've heard you know there's all these different coaches and everything out there, and I mean you'll hear one say that that's terrible, and the next say that's the way to do it, but it's like no, you're putting your body through extreme, and with women with hormones and everything, you got to be very careful. And I think there's definitely a, a I don't want to say a right way to do it, but I think there's a better way of doing it. What I, it absolutely always drives me crazy is you see these people compete in shows and then six months later, they go from like 7% body fat to 30. And they're like, oh, it's bulking season. It's like, dude, you're just fat now. Like you just got fat. Like you got lazy with your diet, doing this whole dirty bulk thing or whatever else. I mean, I always followed the rule of Jay Cutler, which his deal was like, you know, he he preached that, you know, if you're, if you're going above 12 to 14% body fat in your off season, like you're not really building solid muscle. I mean, if you, if you get to the point where you're fluctuation so much, I mean, think about how much you have to do. Well, that, and do you want to look good just for like right, you know, right. 5% of exactly. the year? Or do you want to walk around looking healthy and fit? There's, there's people that live off of their pictures from when they compete. 
that's all they ever post or whatever. And then six months later, you make like they're never posting anything new. They're just reposting all these pictures from when they were in really great shape. And obviously, you know, it's a process over time. You're not always going to look amazing, but that was one, that's one thing that just has always killed me. And, you know, I hope that there's people listening to this that understand that's like, dude, there's a building muscle takes a lot of time, a lot of time, like years and years of consistent, like being in the gym, eating the right stuff, yep. making sure you're tweaking your overall calorie intake and changing your macros as you start to put on weight. But the whole concept, and I, I hear it way less than I used to, but the whole concept of like the dirty bulking thing and like, you know, people tell them, just eat as much as you can, whatever you can get your hands on, just eat it. Just eat it. I'm like, I don't know. It, I don't think that's right. It it sounds good. The, right. I mean, I would love that. Yeah. Oh, gain muscle. Just eat anything every time, you know, whenever you want. Uh, unfortunately, you're, you're going to get fat. Well, and again, it's the concept of like, yes, you will put on weight. And if you're training super hard and you are. You're going to add some muscle. You're going to add some muscle. But think about how much it's going to take. How much cardio, how strict your diet is going to be to deplete yourself to get rid of that fat. And guess what you're going to do when you're depleting that and doing all that cardio to get rid of that fat? You're going to lose some muscle. You're going to lose some of that right. muscle back too. So right. probably is a wash, right? Right. And that's why, I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of a year, a guy that stays relatively lean and maybe puts on a pound of two of, you know, overall weight or solid muscle, whatever, at the end of that year, and then the guy that puts on... 30 pounds in his bulk and then gets back down and he's up a, a pound or two of solid muscle. Well, I'd much rather be the former than the latter. Cause at least I looked somewhat good for the entire year versus going through that stage where you just look. Do you, do you think some of that may have to do with people feeling like they're getting more results and they're doing more because they're just adding more of this weight and it, it's feeling like they're making more progress, yeah. even though it's mostly fat. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that that feeling of like stepping on the scale and seeing the number goes up, which I mean, if that's what motivates you, dude, do your thing, yeah. whatever. I mean, there, like I said, there's there's more than one way to get to the, to the end result here, but I just don't think it's the healthiest way. And if you think about it from an internal standpoint of what that weight fluctuation is doing to your body, the damage it's doing on your heart and your joints and everything to go up 30 pounds, then down 30 pounds and up 30 pounds and back and forth. I mean, you just, you can't logically explain from a health standpoint that like that is the healthiest way to do it. So who's, who was one of your fitness inspirations? What's somebody you looked up to in the industry? I mean, I've always been a big Jay Cutler guy. Uh, I mean, Ronnie Coleman, I love like the hype videos. I mean, when I was really getting after and training, like I never listened to music. I would always listen to like YouTube videos of like Ronnie in the gym and just hearing him screaming and, you know, Jay Cutler and just kind of like a, um, like all this old clips of Arnold and everything, you know, those, con I can't think of the word. Compilation. Compilation. Yeah. Compilation videos or whatever. And that was definitely what would keep me motivated. But from a standpoint of like what program, I guess, if you want to say that I really paid attention to the most was, was Cutler. Mm. I definitely liked his, you know, thought process of hypertrophy training. He'd never was in like the old school lifting, always doing these crazy deadlifts and stuff. Cause, and you can see that now. And obviously not to knock one of the gods, Ronnie Coleman, but looking at this guy who's now had, you know, nine, 10 yeah. back surgeries. We saw him in walk. Vegas and he yeah. couldn't, couldn't walk. Versus, this was like five yeah. years ago. Versus Jay, Sad. who's just killing it. Like he still looks him amazing. Phil. Yeah. I mean, Phil's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's still these guys. And I think that's, that goes back to that longevity standpoint that I always looked at and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I want to do this, but I also, you know, don't want to completely destroy my body because I'm going to live for another 40 or 50 Bill Heath years. and Jay Cutler have both been on two different podcasts that I listened to just in the last 
couple months, and I was really intrigued by their stories. I mean, Phil was like a basketball player in college, and yeah, and worked at a Bally's health club. So, but you know, one thing we learned about that industry, I mean, there's only, and those are the ones that made money. There is not many more that make a lot of money oh, in that dude, industry. No. It is, you know, these people go do shows and spend thousands of dollars and prep. I mean, you are definitely doing it for yourself, and and I totally think it's great. But it's one of the most expensive hobbies oh, in dude. the world. I have such a uh i'm very opinionated on when it comes to shows i think the whole deal is the concept of and not to knock people that are doing shows but the way that the whole thing is structured in the sense of okay i'm gonna spend however much money training for the next year and then i'm gonna pay to do this show and even if i win i don't get my money back well at the same time who are like the that's majority? always in my thing. I'm like, give me my money back. I right. won. Who are the majority of people doing these shows, age wise? Yeah, eighteen to twenty five. Mid mid to early twenties well, and thirty is late a teens. senior, right? The masters is over thirty or thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. So think, we're talking about the majority being a group of people who aren't super financially stable and yeah. have all this money just to blow all this money in a fitness competition. But I also think now with social media and TikTok and whatever else you can make a decent living. There's a lot of people like influencers and stuff that look absolutely amazing that never compete that are making far more money. Right, than that's where guys. the money's at. Right. <laughs> the money's not in getting on stage. Right. Yeah. So then what is still the motivation of doing these shows? I think for some people it's getting in shape. Just right. But you can get in shape without doing a show. Right. They think it's going to hold them more. Accountable. I think that, you know, when I, when I did that show, you're exposing ago. yourself on stage though. You're going to do more. Than you would right. Be That's the thing. That. It's a, it's a motivate. It's just this milestone that I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna step on stage in front of a bunch of people with my shirt off or kind of like a I did it thing. Well, an I did it thing, or just like something to keep you in check. Like, okay, I, like for me, it was let me see if I can do this. Let me see how far I can push myself. How far can I push my body? How much am I really willing to do when it comes down to it? But. I mean, outside of that, I mean, the moment I did that first, not that I did well in it at all. I was way too skinny. <laughs> I went in at like 180 pounds. I'm six foot four. So I just look like a twig up there. Yeah. Like Jess said, unfortunately, there's not some huge reward waiting for you, even if you absolutely kill it. Right. Right. That's always been my thing. You win, but you still lost because you lost it's all this money. Fascinating to me because obviously I, you know, I put on a basketball tournament now once a year and I give out $10,000 to the winner. I'm, I'm thinking like there's no show in the Midwest and there's hundreds of bodybuilding shows that pays in even 1000 I don't think, right? I mean, it's... Well, dude, I mean, you know what was like a really eye-opener for me? we should do it. I, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, how about we do one? $10,000? Well, dude, when we went to the Olympia the first time, and I do not... I'm going to butcher the what the payouts were, but I remember looking at the payouts for well, like, it was like second, a quarter million. Fourth. Well, yeah, 100000 for second, maybe? or not I don't even. remember what it was, but I think, especially for it's some... It's like 200000 for first, it used to be, if I recall. Yeah, maybe. But that's the best in the world. But again, that's that's men's, and again, I'm probably going to push this. That was men's bodybuilding. But think about all the other classes below. Now and I'm they thinking don't pay like, near as much. No, and I'm just sitting there thinking like, if you don't have sponsorship deals and big brands behind you and stuff like that, like even if you win, and you're not even a millionaire. You spent years and years in your life to make two hundred fifty thousand, and you got to be the best in the world. Right. right. It's one of the toughest sports. To make and money. of course, there's probably a lot of other financial incentives that come along with that with sponsors. Oh, if you're the best in the world, you're a millionaire. For sure. I'm not going to say you're not. But but if you compare... You can't be like 15th place. You can... (laughs) Like, so, who is, in your opinion, like right now, who's the greatest football player that's playing right now? Tom Brady. Still. Well, he's the GOAT, for sure. 
How much money does he make every year? Fifty million a year. Exactly. Yeah, nobody, probably a hundred. Nobody competing, no. and like Chris Bumstead, who's like now like four or five times Mr. Olympia, going to compete again this year. He ain't making fifty million a year. There's over a hundred NBA players making twenty million a year or right a hundred. Yeah, there's no and I think that's. I, I definitely think that that's a. That's a problem. It's not something sport. that has a huge fan yeah, base. Called, there's no it's TV a, it's money. A, it's there's a no small niche industry. I mean, right. fitness industry obviously is way scaled past what it was, but it's still. I mean, you're not seeing bodybuilding shows on TV. And if there was money to pay these people, they would do it. There just isn't money in it right now. There's no TV deal. There's no network. Well, you deal. remember Dwayne Johnson was there that year. Yeah, and announced that his you're production right. company was going to get it put on TV, and I don't think that ever happened. Well. We got plenty more Fridays to continue talking about fitness. Well, follow, like, subscribe, and guys, leave some feedback because, as Jeff says, it is a gift. It is a gift. Yep. Thanks, don't guys. forget, yeah, comment on uh, the diet. Yeah. Whatever diet Let's you hear some questions. Do. Any questions for us or whatever, but the diet, yeah. What do, do you it. want Jordy to do next? What am I supposed to eat? I need you guys to tell me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.